Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Why? Why are we covering a topic such as this? Um, And really, part of it was is because the culture has become um, Bible illiterate. Um, The culture we live in no longer trusts or believes God's word is is authority. They kind of take it as, yeah, it's it's a book. It's something out there. But it no longer is woven into the very fabric of everything that we do. At one time, God's word was woven into the fabric of the things that we did. The things that we talked about. The things how we lived our life and raised our kids. But now... God's word is just so like, eh, it's just out there. We don't even care. We don't have the Ten Commandments anywhere any, anymore. You know, if you do have it, then you're going to be canc- uh, culture canceled or whatever. And so our heart is when we've looked at that in that perspective, we thought, man, you know what? We want to be able to dive into some spiritual disciplines to build back up within us these, these, these disciplines that will help us grow in our relationship with Jesus, to grow in our relationship with God. And 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, I shared with this last week, but this is what it says. It says, be diligent. Now, we said that diligent means to exert oneself, to devote one attention, one's attention with a thoughtful strategy or purposeful study. Okay, so Paul is talking to Timothy. Yes, and Timothy is a pastor and Paul is talking to him. But see, we have to understand that all scripture applies to every single one of us. Okay, so it's just pretend or just say, Paul's talking to me right now. Okay, so if I, even if I wasn't doing what I do, Paul would still be talking to me. He's talking to you. He says, be diligent, exert yourself, right? Have a purposeful plan, a, a strategy. He says this, to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, this word rightly dividing means to make a clear, unobstructed, straight path. So, Paul, so what he's trying to say here is Paul is stating that no obstacle, right? No cultural ideology, no untransformed thoughts, right? Because we have untransformed mind thoughts that come in. No false teaching or other opinions or opinions of our, our, our family or our friends or the opinions of CNN or Fox News or MBC, whatever it is, right? None of those should get in the way of us believing the truth and receiving the truth of God's Word. We are to make sure that we are pushing aside every obstacle so that when we look into God's word, we look at it from the eyes of faith, receiving what God's word has to say and saying, that is how I'm going to live my life. I am going to be a doer of the word, not just a hearer only. Because it's really easy to just hear. Wouldn't you agree to that? Right? You can come here every Sunday and you can hear me or somebody else. And then you can walk out these doors and just live your life the way you want to live it. You are being a hearer of the word. But if you take the word of God and what you hear and what you read, and you take it and begin to do it in your life, you become a doer of the word. And that's what God wants you to do. That's simple. He doesn't make it complicated. He really doesn't. He just said, just abide in my word. If you abide in my word, I will abide in you. You want more of Jesus in your life? You want more of God in your life? You want more transformation in your life? You want more things working in your life? Then you know what? Start abiding in Him. Start abiding in His Word. He promised, I'll abide in you if you abide in me. So it's so, so important that we recognize that and understand it. But we have to be diligent, right? We've got to press in. Then we got to rightly divide, get all of the garbage, push it away. People can have their opinions. Sure, go ahead. But I'm going to stick to what God's word says. 
Because God's word hasn't failed, right? The Bible says the grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of God stands forever. That's awesome. And we have it at our disposal. You know, there, there's places in other countries, people in other countries that can't even own a Bible. Yet here we are, Americans, so easy to have a Bible. And yet we treat it so hands off. Right? Yeah, it's there. I got it. It's got some dust on it. It's looking good, Pastor Scott. But see, there's not supposed to be dust on it. It's supposed to be worn and tattered and maybe even pages kind of torn a little bit and marked up and highlighted because, man, that means that we're actually getting into it. We're spending, we're spending time into it. And so we've got to be diligent, rightly divided so that we can right? Present ourselves approved by God. God looks at it and goes, man, that's my son. That's my daughter. Look at them. They're in the word. I don't, you might be talking to the angels. Man, check that out. There, look. But see, we're approved by God's like, man, well, they've got, got, got my word inside of them. And it's just so, so important right? But when we have the word inside of us, then it helps build a strong Christian life that really, hopefully, all of us are going towards, right? If we made Jesus the Lord of our life, I hope that each one of us would take a serious look at it and say, man, that, that's what I'm going for. I'm going for a strong, disciplined life that serves Jesus. And a great, a great example of this diligence, we kind of started last week with it, was the early church. The early church is such a great example. I mean, look at the book of Acts. Take time and read the book of Acts and see the early church. Man, they pressed in, right? They, they, they continually pressed in and, and began to learn the teaching of the apostles. They were like, okay, this is it, man. We, we, we need to do that. And, and they were intent. I believe this. Not that I've ever had a conversation with any of them because then I would be really, really old. But I, my, but I believe the intent was they pushed aside. They rightly divided. They said, nothing's going to stand in our way. Nothing's going to, and we'll see a little bit later in, in Scripture, nothing, nothing stood in their way. This was a daily occurrence to them. The Word of God was. It was daily. And so when we accept and we begin to do that for as an example that they showed us, then you know what? We begin to embrace the, God's word as truth. They embraced it. They, they, they took it and they allowed the spiritual disciplines that were being taught from it to begin to work in their life. And because they did that, then the Holy Spirit had, had something to do. He, he started working in them and began to shape in them and strengthen them and, and sustain and satisfy them with, with a supernatural, um, the supernatural life of, in Christ that Jesus promised, right? John 10, 10. He said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I come to give you life and that life more abundantly, right? Jesus wants you to have an abundant life. He wants you to walk in freedom from any, any kind of thing that would hold you back. He wants to. But see, a lot of it is we don't do the work. We just think helicopter Jesus swoops in and he just changes everything and that's it. No. He said, you got you to gotta put some effort in too. You got to do the work. And when you start doing the work, then the Holy Spirit has an opportunity to begin to transform you, begin to change you. So we're going to examine these disciplines, like I said last week. And we're not going to do the big, huge studies in each of them because really all of them you know, kind of you know, carry their own series. But we're really going to just look at why they are essential, how uh, we can ignite a pa um, why they are, why they are essential, and how uh, we can ignite a passion that allows the Holy Spirit to shape them in our lives. And I mentioned last week too, a a as you know, just like the ingredients in a recipe, right? In order for you to have a great meal, you need to put the right ingredients in. You can't leave any ingredient out right? Or a couple of ingredients out. Because when we do that, then the end result is we don't, it doesn't end up being what it should be. It ends up tasting really weird. And either you got to go, oh, honey, this is great. 
right? Or, you know, you're just like, yeah, and hopefully the other person goes, oh, yeah, this is really bad because I forgot to put such and such and such and such in. Yeah, let's go to Chick-fil-A or something like that, <laughs> right? But, but we have to understand that, that it's the same thing with, with spiritual disciplines. Every single one of them is essential. Every single one of them is essential, and it's our job to be diligent in pursuing to make sure that no obstacles in our way, and we receive what the Word of God says for our lives. It's important. And so the Holy Spirit wants to work in us. So what I, what I want to say this is, you know what? Be open to the Holy Spirit's conviction. Okay? Because there might be areas, maybe, maybe like, you know, you might hear it and go, ah, I'm good with that. Well, no, 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 no. I think he likes to speak to each one of us. I can, this one, that what we're talking about today, I, I, man, I got to stay open. I can't say, oh, I'm, I'm good, right? So receive the Holy Spirit's conviction in those areas, right? The reason why he's convicting you is he wants you to grow, right? He's not, he's not there to, to punish you. He's not there to condemn you. He's not there to, to you know, just kind of, no. He's, oh, man, I want you to grow. And I'm showing this to you so you can grow. You can step in and, and have this deeper relationship with me. But we've got to choose to do it. Right? We've got to choose to grow. Instead of just expecting, you know, somehow, you know, if I, if I name my pillow the word, all of a sudden when I go to bed, I'm laying on the word. Oh, I got the word in me now. No, that's not it. That don't happen that way. We've got to be able to put it inside of us. And here's the thing. The enemy doesn't want you to grow. Because he knows how much power is in God's word to change your life, to transform your life. He does not want you to grow. And so we've developed a couple things. We connect group, right, on Wednesday nights, 645. If you're not in a connect group and you want to be, come. Come hang out with us. We talk about, like last week, we talked about last week's lesson message. It was a great time. Although I brought junk food and nobody ate it. So I'm bringing celery and carrots next week. That's exciting, right? But, but we had a great time. The second thing is this, this workbook. Grab the workbook. Follow along. There's scriptures that go along with what, what we're talking about here. And there's, there's other resources in it that can help you expand your study and, and getting into it. But it's just important. We, so we've created this, not so we just had busy work, but so that you could use it every day to help you in this walk. And so last week we started with the first ingredient or discipline for building a strong Christian life, and that was a passion for souls. That was a passion for souls. Each person is important. Each person is loved by God, whether they have a relationship with God or not. Each person, God is concerned about. Because the reality is, there is a heaven and there is a hell. And when you die, you're going either way. And God wants us as believers, as a spiritual discipline in our life, to have a passion for souls. To have passion for people. I was telling uh, uh, Larry the other day, uh, other day. So, you know, we, we talked about this on Sunday. Then we talked about uh, it at our connect group. And then I went on a hospital visitation on Thursday. And um, when I got, so this big, huge truck, you know, one of those big, you know, car trucks that take up two parking spots in a, in a hospital parking lot was parked and it took up two spots. And so it, the thing was packed. I drove around a couple times and finally I see this lady walking with her stroller. And so I'm okay, I'm going to just wait. So I'm waiting and, and she finally backs out. So I go and park in one. Well, the guy behind me parks in it. As soon as I get out of the car, this guy gets out of the car and he starts telling me all about his wife and how she's got two, two brain tumors in her head or, or two spots and they don't know what it is yet. 
And, you know, he's really concerned. Her name is Sharon, by the way, if you want to pray for her. I don't know the last name. Anyways, so we're talking, and I was telling him, you know, hey, you know what, uh, man, I can pray for her. I will pray for her. I'm actually going to visit somebody right now. You know, God loves her. God wants to heal her. God wants to be involved. And I said, I told him, hey, do you want me to pray with you right now? See, I felt like the Lord was kind of checking my heart after what I preached on Sunday. Right? It was like, oh, come on, Really? But it was kind of like that. And I said, do you want me to pray with you right now? We'll pray for healing for her. And, and, and the guy's like, no, I don't want you to pray. I mean, I talked to the man, and I, I talked to him, but I'm not the praying type. And I thought, oh. And I said, okay. Well, God loves you. God loves Sharon. And I'll, I'll see you later. But see, remember we talked about? I had to water. I had to plant the seed. And I, I don't know what, I mean, he had a cross on his thing. I don't know what, you know, if he was Catholic, what it was. But I, I walked away and I felt like the Lord's like, okay, you passed that test. <laughs> right? But see, that's the thing. When we start having a passion for souls, who knows what's going to happen? Who knows what's going to show up? And all of a sudden people start talking to you and you're like, uh, who are you? Why are you telling me all your story, your backstory, all your history, all this stuff? It's because God is concerned about their soul. And I offered, but he said No. I couldn't, you know, put them in a headlock and say, oh, no, we're going to pray, buddy. No, I couldn't do that. <laughs> right? But, but, but you know, I, I did what I could. And then I walked away as I was walking to the, the hospital. I said, Lord, I thank you for sharing. I thank you that you are the great physician. You are the healer. And I don't know where her relationship is with you, but I'm going to contend and believe that you can come and touch those two little dots in her head and you can dissolve them, take them away and heal her. And so I was coming back down after visiting the guy, the, the, the guy from, um, um, from the hospital and his car was still there. And I was hoping that he was sitting in his car, but he wasn't. So I, I, and I couldn't go in going, hey, I'm looking for a Sharon. That just probably wouldn't work. But, but see, we got to understand that, you know what, once we start developing, once we start talking about some of the things, God's going to call you on the carpet because he wants to see, are you going to take what you're learning and are you going to apply it to your life? Okay, so this week's ingredient discipline is a passion for God's word, a passion for God's word. Let me pray. Lord, Holy Spirit, give us a passion for God's Word. Amen. Now, as we get into this, I want you to realize that your flesh, right, your carnal nature is always fighting you, is always telling you there is never a convenient time for you to seek God, to radically renew your mind, to deepen your relationship with God. There is not a convenient time time for you to deepen it through his word, right? We get these thoughts in our head, and, and maybe I'm the only one that gets these thoughts, but if you get these thoughts, man, just, you know, maybe give me a head nod a little bit, just a little bit of shaking going on, right? So I know you're awake, and you're following and going, yeah, Pastor Scott's not crazy after all. Anyways, okay, but these thoughts invade our minds. I'm too tired. I'm too busy. I have other stuff to do. It's just, my life's crazy. There is no time, right? I don't even have time for myself, and I need it. Have you ever felt those before? Yeah, yeah, I see a couple. Okay, cool, cool. All right. Then also, we possibly sometimes get these thoughts that, you know what, I bet you God's disappointed in me as much as I'm disappointed in myself, that I don't spend time with them like I should, or, I, you know, my, my, my old habits are back in play, and, you know, I'm just big disappointment. Not true. Can I just tell you that? That is a lie from the enemy. Sure, God wants the very best from you, but it's not true. He loves you. He's, he's not disappointed in you. But, but he just wants you to, to understand, man, I love you so much. I just want you to be right on track. And I want you to spend time with me. And, and, you know, too, you, sometimes then you think, well, man, you know what? I'm not really as close to God as my, my social media says in a relationship with Jesus. And then you're, you're right. And then you, you're not even getting in the word. You're not spending any time with it. Maybe you come to church one time a month. So we pretend and put up this wall. 
But see, we need to begin to spend time with him. We need to begin to spend time with the love letter that he wrote to us so that we have a deeper understanding of who he is and what he wants to do in our life. I mean, who doesn't want that in our life, right? I mean, and here's the other thing about it too, is when we have the word of God in our life internally, right? The Holy Spirit's at at work inside of us. And also when we speak the word of God, right? It releases the, the, the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit to be active, right? Holy Spirit, it works on the word of God in our life. The more word we have, the more the Holy Spirit's working and is activated in our life. The more that we are speaking God's word out of our mouth, because that's what we're told to do, the more the Holy Spirit can be active in our life. Active in the lives of those that we're praying for. Active in the life of of the situations that we we come in contact with or or whatever. But who, who wouldn't want that? But see, we deny that. We deny that power because we don't spend time in his word enough. Or, or, or however, even if you, man, man, Pastor Scott, I have a great relationship with Jesus. I have a great relationship with the word of God. I, I'm in it every single day. Da, da, da. Well, then I just want to encourage you to keep going. And maybe even get radical and increase it. Right? Because you can never get enough of God's word. You can never, ever, 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 ever get enough of God's word in your life. But see, that's what activates the Holy Spirit working inside of you. So, Acts chapter 2. We're going to read from verse 40 to 42. You know, and, and we, need the whole, we need the word of God to take up residency in our life, right? To actually live in our life. Not just be, you know, not, not, not giving it a drive-by. I, I talk to so many people, um, none of you here, by the way, but, but I talk to so many people and it's, it's all about how fast I can get through God's word in a year. And I'm thinking, whoa, whoa, whoa. Dude, th- think about that. You're just doing a drive-by, Right? Because you, you want to do it so fast and get through it so quickly in a year, like there's some badge you're going to get or medal when you get to heaven. But I think God's going to say, wait, 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 that was great. But man, you didn't really let it take root into your life. You didn't really let it take residency. You didn't let it live inside of you to the point where it was just kind of coming out of you. Acts chapter 2. That was just a little side note, right? Acts chapter 2, verse 40 says, And with many other words, he, Peter, okay, or he, I, Peter, yeah, testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved. Now, you remember we talked about passions for souls? So here's Peter. He's preaching. He's saying all this. He's got a pat. You say, Hey, guys, be saved from this perverse generation. Then in verse 41, it says, Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. Here's the key. You got to gladly receive God's word. You got to gladly receive it on a Sunday morning. You got to gladly receive it when you read it. When you take time in your, in your daily um, opportunities to read God's word. I received that. Even if it hurts. Even if your flesh is like, no! Like your total hoaxer right? You're just going Hulk on it. Like, oh my gosh. No, you got to receive it with glad and say, all right, Lord, man, that's going to hurt. I, I got to change. I get it. Okay. I'm going to do the best I can. All right. It says gladly receive his word and were baptized. So they started their discipleship process, right? And that day about 3000 souls were added to them. Verse uh, 42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayer, okay? So steadfastly, again, is kind of like diligent, man. There's this, this very intense focus and hard work. They put in this diligent effort that never let up. So the early church, when every single time that they met and came together as a church or to hear a message, 
Their hearts were set to focus on what they were hearing. Their hearts were set and focused on hearing and learning God's word that the apostles were teaching. That the apostles were, were preaching to them. But see, we, we've, we've got to sometimes do that. And I don't know, I'll, I'll tell it myself. I've been in services before where my heart was not ready. What? You're a pastor. Pastors are supposed to be always ready and just want to hear the word all the time. No, there's times, you know what, my flesh is like, okay, I'm here. And maybe I'll get a little tiny something or whatever. But see, I got to prepare my heart each time I come before the Lord. Whether I'm reading God's word or I'm hearing God's word, my heart has to be prepared and ready. I'm ready to receive what you've got to say to me today. And what's the great thing? As I've said before, the Holy Spirit speaks your language. So I might say something and you hear it totally different than the person across the room. But it's because he is speaking to you. He's showing you, hey, this is your stuff. What you going to do with it? And someone else is like going, oh, well, that's not, you know, I, I, I'm hearing it this way. Two totally opposite. But see, that's the great thing. That's why I so, I, for me personally, I so rely on the Holy Spirit every Sunday to, to do that because I can't do it. Not in my own power. So here they are, right? They weren't hit and miss with God's word. They weren't hit and miss when they came to church, right? It wasn't an inconvenience to the early church, to the early believers. Going to church wasn't an inconvenience. Reading God's word wasn't an inconvenience. Hearing God's word wasn't an inconvenience to them. But it was a daily priority. It was a daily priority, something that was so important to them. They made sure that they kind of rightly divided. They cleared their schedule. They cleared, hey, hey, this is when we go to church. Nothing's coming in that way. Now, you know, there's vacations and there's other things that pop up. I get it. I'm not trying to say, you got to be here every single Sunday. But what I'm saying is, are you allowing way too many things to block your path to get to church or to, or to get in God's word? I mean, only you know. I, I don't know. I don't live with you. Only you know. But if that's happening, then well, you know what? We've got to understand that has got to change. It has to. Because what they found is when they began to apply the teaching, and they began to apply the spiritual disciplines, right? It radically changed their life. I'll say it again. When they began to apply the Word of God, when they began to apply the teachings, when they began to apply the spiritual disciplines in their life, it cha radically changed their life. They, they, it nourished them. It healed them. It empowered them. It gave them all of this stuff. And another word for steadfastly, if, if you look at it more, is it means addicted. Are you addicted to God's Word? Do you need a daily fix? Right? I mean, we think of addiction like, oh my gosh, that's such a bad thing. Yeah, but let's go. Are we addicted to God's word? Are we addicted to our time with Jesus? Are we addicted to it like we should be? Knowing that, you know what? I can't live without it. You know, an addict can't live without it. That's the only way you're going to function. Well, man, these people in the, in, the, in the early church, man, they were addicted to God's word and they knew, man, I can't live without it. I need it in my life. I will do whatever it takes to make sure that I'm getting my daily dose. But see, we don't do that. We don't think of it that way. We just, we, we, we don't. Because in some ways... We're desensitized. The culture has made us like, you know, just kind of Bible illiterate. Like, yeah, it's there, but I, I, I don't really need it. Oh, yes, you do. Because it changes everything. So they committed themselves to the word of God. And the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit was activated in them and through them as well. Which leads us to our four points today. All right, our four points. Our four, four ways the Holy Spirit used the Word of God to produce supernatural results. The first one, God's Word strengthened them internally. God's Word strengthened them internally. 
The Holy Spirit uses God's Word to heal, restore, and make people whole. It's the very thing that gives life transforming power to you. You want to change things in your life? Get in God's Word. Straight up. You're tired of, man, you know, I'm always getting caught in this, or I'm always doing this, and I don't want to do it anymore. Get in God's Word and allow it to begin to change your life. Allow it to begin to transform you. This is 1 Thessalonians 2.13 says this. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the Word of God, their heart was, was there. They came in and they received what was being spoken. When you received the Word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it. You didn't deny it. You didn't say, ah, that guy just, man, he's just yada, 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 man. He just loves to hear himself talk. No, they welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectively works in you who believe. That's key, right? Because again, like I said, you could hear somebody rattle off God's word, but if you don't have a heart to receive it and believe it, then you know what? It's not going to stick. It's not going to give the Holy Spirit something to, pliable to work with. You've got to believe it. But the, but the key point I want to get to is the fact that it is effectively working in you if you are believing and receiving what God's word has to say. Right? And this word effectively means to be active and operative, putting forth power. Right? So it's not just kind of, you know, eh, yeah, moving along. No, it, man, this effectively wants to like actually create this power inside of you to transform you. To where the old things you did when you were stuck in sin and, and you were addicted to things and things that were in your life, man, they were just holding you down. But God's word wants to come and wants to be active and moving and generating to the point where, man, the power of God is released in your life and you all of a sudden begin to walk in freedom. And it might not be miraculously overnight, but the more you put in, the more active that's going to be. The more the, 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 the releasing of God's power, that transformative power is going to be in your life. So, God's Word takes active and powerful measures, okay, in conjunction with the Holy Spirit to complete the work in you, right? The Bible says, He who begun a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ, okay? He's doing a work in you, but God's Word helps increase that in conjunction with the Holy Spirit. So then, that means no word right? Equals no work, no change, no power in your life. No word equals no work, no change, no power in your life. I mean, it's that simple. It's just that simple. So why wouldn't we want to change? Right? Why wouldn't we want to change? Why wouldn't we want to dig deeper into God's word? That's why Romans 12 chapter 2 says this. This is in the Amplified Version. It says, be transformed and progressively changed, right? It doesn't say instantly, like boom, you know, like all of a sudden, but it says, be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually. And then there's the key word right here, by, right? By, if you got your Bibles, man, I would just highlight that, put a box around it, because you know what? It doesn't happen unless, right? We start, it says, by the renewing of your mind, taking God's word and putting it in and memorizing it and and meditating on it and allowing it to grow in us, allowing the Holy Spirit to do a work. It says, by the renewing of your mind. That's how you become transformed, That's how you become progressively changed. That's how you become mature spiritually. 
It says, by focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes, so that you may prove for yourself that, wi- that the will of God is, now God's will is his word, that which is, uh, which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. So hopefully you can see that the word of God, you know what it actually does? It can restore your mind back to the original wiring. Because I, I believe when Adam and Eve were created, man, they had the, the divine wiring, man. It was all good. It was going. It was clicking, right? Had a relationship with God. They walked in the coolness of the night with God or in the day or whatever it was. They had this relationship going. And then when, when sin came in, like a virus, it just jacked a hardwire. And then all of us are born into that jacked up hardwire. But see, God word, God's word is the thing that begins to, to get the hardwire back to the original state. To where we're having relationship with God. I mean, and that's what transforms our life. That's what causes us to live this life. For, you know, just to, to live it at a greater level with Him. Mark 4 tells us that when we plant God's Word into our heart and mind, the Holy Spirit causes our life to per, be productive and fruitful. So we're supposed to seed, Right? And that fruit also includes the kind in Galatians 5.22. I'm going to read them because I always jack them up and get them all mixed up. And then everybody's like, yeah, no, you don't put them in the right order. But it says love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Right? And the thing about this list is it's not just so you can be a good person. Right? It's not just so you can be that. But they are these traits that, that will lead you forward to experience all that God has for you. That you're walking, right? You're being a witness because of your love. You're being a witness because of your joy. You're being a witness because of your peace. Yada, yada, yada. Right? But see, the early church experienced that with their passion and addiction for God's word. Acts 2.42 says, And they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. They were made whole by God's word. Whatever situations they were, they were finding, They were being made whole by God's word as the Holy Spirit used to transform them, right? Which caused them to bear fruit in God's kingdom. That's his purpose and his plan for you. You know, and I think about it too, even in times of persecution with them, they relied on God's word. They they, they pressed into God's word. Even in times of persecution, we don't even know what persecution is. Other than someone going, you love Jesus? You go to church? That's all we know. But we don't know about, you know, being dragged out of our house and put in jail. We don't know anything about that. But see, that's, that's the thing. Even in that t- those times, they pressed into God's word and they were internally strengthened and empowered to be able to keep moving forward in it. The second supernatural result is God's word validated them externally. God's word validated them externally. And I think sometimes we don't, we, don't, we don't recognize this, the possibility of this. And, and I'll, I'll get into that in just a moment. But we don't, we don't recognize that. Okay? But we can see in Scripture that when Jesus taught the word with authority, right, the Holy Spirit validated, it, it validated his words with signs and wonders to people. Now, there were times that Jesus met with people, but they had no ears to hear. They didn't have a softened heart, and they turned them away. But what does Scripture say when that happened? He could do no signs and miracles. God couldn't prove anything externally because the people weren't ready. They, they, they didn't want to receive it. And then we see that when the disciples preached the word, the same way that Jesus did with the same authority, because they've been with him, spending time with him. This is what it says in Mark 20. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them and confirmed his words by the signs that accomplished or that accompanied it. So the signs came because the word of God was spoken. The word of God was preached. 
So we can see this supernatural work of the Holy Spirit validating the Word of God that was preached with signs and wonders. But see, I think sometimes we don't understand that we fall into that category too if we would go out and begin to preach God's Word to people. That we would begin to speak of God's goodness to people. That signs and miracles and wonder and wonder could happen. Right? You might tell someone, oh, Jesus loves you. You know, I was hoping, man, I would pray, pray for that guy in, in the hospital parking lot. And, and man, the, that the Holy Spirit would validate what we just prayed. That he would walk up in the next CT scan or whatever she's got to have. They go back and come back and go, whoa, it's gone. I don't know what happened, but man, that's awesome. So I believed it as I walked in the elevator and went up and did all my stuff and passed my COVID test and all those things that you have to go through. But I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll know in heaven someday. But why not? Why not have, have the Holy Spirit validate what you're... He, man, he'll, if he did it for the disciples, he'll do it for you. Because the disciples had a whole bunch of stuff going on in their life too. They weren't perfect. But see, they were willing to preach it. They were willing to say it. And it happened, again, so it goes from Jesus to the disciples and then the early church. It said, in Acts 2.43, it says, Then fear came upon every soul. Not fear like, ah, spooky fear. You know, not like you're watching Jason or, or, or Chucky or whatever those movies are. Okay? But fear came upon them because all of a sudden they were realized, man, there's a reverence I have to have for God. I've got a reverence. Man, God, 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 God's it. Okay? Fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. But I, I believe, man, that, that just carried right in through the whole church. And you look at the book of Acts, you see miracles and signs and miracles happening, right? The book of Acts is like a book of, of pattern. This is how the church is supposed to be. And if you read it that way, you look and see, man, God moved here and God moved there. So why isn't it happening in our churches today? But see, I, I think oftentimes it's because we don't come in with an open heart. We don't come in and have, have, have said, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm going to listen. I'm going to hear. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit speak to me. And so there, there's not an expectancy. It's just I'm doing my duty. I'm here. Yeah, I'll sit. He gets kind of boring. He kind of goes long sometimes. But man, you know what? I hope we finish this quick. I got to go to, you know, Bob Evans or whatever. But see, we should come in with a heart that's like open to receive. That says, man, I'm here today. And man, I, I am here to receive all that you want to speak to me, Holy Spirit. All that I, that, I, that, I, that I need to hear. But see, as a church, we kind of don't do that. And so signs and miracles and wonders can't happen as frequently as I think they're supposed to. Because the Holy Spirit back in Bible days in Jesus' time is the same Holy Spirit that is today. And if the Holy Spirit moved and the Holy Spirit was active in helping heal people, then He would be, back then, He would be just as active in healing people today. But see, I think there's not an expectancy from us. There's just, there, there's just not. So we have to understand that the Holy Spirit, you know, takes what, what, what we, we put in, actively is working, then as we preach it out, it actively goes forth and does what only it, it can do. And, and really, I think these signs and wonders are, are pretty much like kind of a, a, a road map or a road sign to the activity of the Holy Spirit. To get us to where God wants us to be. You know that prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Man, we can pray that. But why aren't we seeing thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Because a lot of times we're lacking the faith, we're lacking the heart, we're lacking our ability to know God's word in such a way that we can walk in faith and confidence to know that when I pray, the Holy Spirit is actively moving. The third, third supernatural result, God's word resourced them abundantly. Acts chapter 2, verse 44 and 45. 
It says, now all who had believed were together and all had things and had all things in common. And they sold their possessions and good, goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. Now, I think in order for that to happen, you know the Holy Spirit had to be working. Right? The Holy Spirit really had to be working and really like sharing what's going on here. Because how many know that's really hard to go home, sell everything you have, bring it to the church, and give it to everybody? That's just not natural. Right? I mean, sometimes, hey, would you give to this? What? Well, I got a dime. I'm not saying that's what you guys do, but you know what I mean. Well, all of a sudden, something inside of us rises up and says, well, wait a minute, I can't do that. Like, 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 like an example, there, there, there is a lady in our church, um, and tomorrow will be in Valentine's Day, but what, one of the things that she does, this is her ministry, she, she pays for it, every dime comes from her, but what she does is she asks all of the pastors, can you give me the names of somebody who might need flowers for Valentine's Day, just so they know that God loves them and that he's thinking about them. And so, you know, we fill it out, we put all our names in, and then she and a couple other people, they drive all over the place. I think I gave them somebody who lives out in Waxhaw or Lancaster or somewhere out there, somewhere crazy, right? Not that that's crazy, but you know what I mean. But, but, but they drove yesterday, dropping off flowers. But see, they gave out of their abundance. Because, you know, they weren't like, ah, what? I'm not going to spend. No. It's having a heart. Right? It's having a heart to just be able to do these things. So, one of the things this, this, this passion of scripture or, or this portion of scripture tells me is that, you know, sometimes too, we're always looking for God to show up and for Him to, to, to do it in a, a kind of maybe a supernatural way or a, a God way. When oftentimes God just uses somebody in the natural, uses somebody in your church. Uses somebody that, that, that is listening and open and saying, man, Lord, how can I be used? What, what can I do to help people? What, 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 what's there? So God not only can show up in the big natural way and all of a sudden, you know, part to seize and make this happen and that happen or whatever, but God can also speak to the heart of an individual and say, hey, I want you to bless this person. And here, here's, here's the part about it. You can be that person too. You can be the person that blesses others too. It won't hurt. I, I'm going to tell you, it actually brings such great joy when you are the, risk, the one who, who is, is allowing yourself to bless others. I, I, I can't describe it, but man, it is so wonderful to walk away and go, God, thank you for letting me bless this person, letting me do this for this person. Right? It doesn't always have to be financially. It could be just showing up with a meal. It could just be, hey, I got a flat tire or I ran out of gas. Can you come and help me fill my gas tank up? Yeah, let's go. Right? But see, we got to understand that God is able to resource you through anybody. But make sure that, you know what? You are resourcing people too. That's how it works. And in, 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 in Galatians, the Apostle Paul, right? He's on the heels of talking about sowing and reaping right, with your personal resources. This is what he shares. He says, therefore, we have opportunity. Let us do good to all, especially to those who are the household of faith. Man, we can bless others. We can. The fourth uh, supernatural result is God's word increased them exponentially. God's word increased them exponentially. Well, we're going to kind of blow through some scripture here. Acts chapter 2, verse 46 through 47. It says, so continuing daily with one accord. That means daily. They were, man, their hearts were set. They were together. They were ready to receive God's word. It says, in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So just by them living out God's word, 
just by them doing what God's word says, right? All of a sudden, people started to recognize, man, what's going on with your life? I, man, all of a sudden, they have this favor with people, and they're like, man, I want to know more about what's going on. And then it said that, you know what? The Lord added to the church daily, not monthly, not yearly. Like, what are we doing as a church to add to the church daily, Right? It doesn't mean you have to have a service every single Sunday or Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday. You are the church. So how how are we making an impact to add to the church daily? Just a challenge for all of us. I get it. Some got comfort zones. And man, don't don't knock my comfort zone, Pastor Scott. But but just think about it. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you about that. Okay, Acts chapter 6, verse 4 through 7. Now this is when the apostles were um, doing everything. Right, man, they were serving and and doing all the tables and all that stuff. And it says, Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. Verse 7. So God's, listen, after they began to spend time and teaching the word. It says, so God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem. And many of the Jewish priests were converted too. Those old religious crabby guys started realizing, wow, this is really true. The message is true. And they got converted. Acts chapter 16, verse 5 says, though, so the, the, the churches were strengthened in faith and they continually increased uh, in number day after day. Wow. Think about that. When the Word of God is spoken, when the Word of God is released, there's, there, there, the, the Spirit of God can move. Right? They can move. It says um, somewhere in Scripture, I think it's in Romans, it says, how beautiful are the feet of them who bring good news. You want beautiful feet? Start sharing some good news. The good news of the Gospel. I don't care if you got bunions and your nails are all jacked up and you haven't been to the manicurist or the pedicurist or whatever it is. I don't care. All I know is Scripture says, how lovely are the feet of them who bring good news. So if you came barefoot and I saw it, I'd probably go, but then I go, oh man, those feet are beautiful. They're beautiful, right? But see, we got to understand, we got to be active in bringing the good news. But see, we can't share what we don't know. That true? Right? We can guess. We can say, well, I think. But see, God doesn't want you to think. He wants you to be accurate with what He says. Because that's the life changing transformation that's going to take place in somebody's life. When we are accurate with what we say. So these kind of help us to see a daily intake of God's Word, right? strengthens us internally. You want to be strengthened internally? You want to grow and become more mature and be able to stop what the enemy is trying to do in your life? Then you know what? Put it inside. Put it inside you daily. It'll validate you externally so that when you're talking to people or you're praying for people, man, believe the Holy Spirit's going to show up. And people go, wow, you know what? I never thought that would happen, but man, God showed up and he changed this situation. Man, tell me more about this God. Oh, yeah, you want to know? Okay, good. And then he'll resource you abundantly. He'll take care of you. When you have a need, he'll take care of you. And then you know what? Then you become this living witness. When God's word is inside of you and the Holy Spirit's moving, you just can't help but get it out. Right? It's almost like, you know, there's water pressure going on, right? There's water in the building but it doesn't come out until you turn it on, right? And then all of a sudden, so what happens is when God words get in there, man, it's like the Holy Spirit, man, just goes, and next thing you know, you're like, ah, you know, it's pouring it out. But see, that's what he wants. He wants you to be ready when, man, he turns the valve for you to share. He wants you to be able to just let it all come out and you're confident in what you're saying. And and maybe you walk away and the enemy comes and goes, man, that was the lamest thing you could have ever said. And you go, I don't care because I know it was God's word and God's word is truth. And so be quiet. You know? Zip it. But see, that's where we got to get to. 
But see, we got to be able to put it, put it inside of us. And so how then, how then do we develop this passion for God's word? I'm just going to give you two quick things, really, really quick. But how do we develop this passion for God's word? Well, the first one is make a daily appointment with God and his word. Make a daily appointment with God and his word. You know, I, I talked about the inconvenience thing. But, but you recognize when we do things that we want to do, it becomes convenient. Right? Oh, man, you mean that's going to be good for me and I'm going to have fun? Oh, well, that's convenient. Oh, I'll rearrange my schedule if I have to. But when it's inconvenient to read God's word, it's because we're not willing to make it convenient. We're not willing to put it, everything else aside and say, no, this is my time. This is what I need to do. So, so one of the good things, ways, is to make a daily appointment with God and his word. Okay, this is my time. I'm making an appointment. TV, I'm not turning you on. Right? And it might have to be sometimes, if you've got kids, it might have to be after they're asleep. And you might lose an hour of sleep, but you won't die, I promise. Right? Or you might have to get up an hour before the kids get up. You won't lose. You won't die. Right? But see, we have to make a daily appointment to get into God's Word. And find yourself a Bible. Okay? Find yourself a Bible that you can read from and understand. There, there's so many different translations out there. And some, you know, not everybody wants to read the King James with the thing, thou's, and these. Or, you know, that gets all confusing. But man, find something that, that speaks to you that, that, man, just puts you in your pocket. And go, oh, I, can't, I get it now. I, I understand it better. So find a Bible. Find a study Bible. You know, if there's a study Bible out there... Study Bibles kind of sometimes have these little side notes that help you understand a little bit deeper of what it's saying. Because you know what? I, mean, I don't feel like I'm a genius. So I have to go to study Bibles. And I've got to look and go, oh, that's what they're talking about. Oh, man, that's awesome. So, I mean, you, you, you use a study Bible, right? Or you can get, on a, get an app. If you're a techie person, get an app and find the version and read it, right? And, I, and like, you know, if you got to start slow, start slow. But start. Everyone say start. Ah, oh, music to my ears. Okay. Right? Then get a reading plan. Right? Don't randomly, you know, sometimes it works, but just don't randomly go, okay, where am I reading today, God? Oh, oh well, imitation's awesome. Right? And you're just like, what is this all about? No, get a reading plan. Find a reading plan. Like we have one in our journals that we have, and that's the next one. Get a journal. Get something that you can write down what you feel God's saying to you. And if you don't want a journal, then you know what? Get your computer or get something. Get some kind of paper. Write down what you feel God's saying to you because you can always go back to it and go, wow, God spoke to me in this way, and now I understand it better, and this is awesome, and this is great. Right? And then, you know, get a pen and a highlighter. Not, there is nothing wrong with highlighting your Bible. There is nothing wrong with underlining it. God understands. Right? I think that's why he created highlighters. Right? He said, mark it up, boy. To your heart's content. And then the second thing is, connect with someone that has a passion for the word. It's always great to have somebody that you can be accountable to. Right? Or you can just say, hey, man, I'm faltering. I'm not, I'm not doing too well today, or I didn't do too well this week. That's okay. Let's pick it up. Let me help you. Hey, you want to like connect over coffee and we'll read the Bible together? We can do that? Yeah! We can totally do that. You know what I mean? But see, we got to find some people in our life. And you know what? Here's the deal. You got to get beyond insecurity. Because the enemy will come and get you insecure and go, oh, well, I just don't, I'm just going to use me as an example. Oh, I just don't read the Bible like Pastor Scott does. I just don't get insight and wisdom like Pastor Scott does. Well, I could say the same thing. I don't get the insight and wisdom that Pastor Gill does. Or Stephen Furtick does. Or whoever. I could say the same thing. But it doesn't matter. God knows exactly where you're at. And he's okay with that. 
And he just says, man, just come to me. Just read, and I'll show you things. And even if it's, you know, a small, tiny, tiny thing that you think is so small, to God in his kingdom, it's whopping because you put in the effort. Man, isn't that so good to know? You know, he's not got a scorecard up there. He's just like, man, just jump in. Just jump, 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 jump in. So connect with someone for just accountability. Right? We used to have a journaling group here on Tuesdays. And, you know, people that wanted to would come and we would journal together and talk and fellowship and laugh and, and pray together and all that. But see, we have to understand this. And I'm going to end it right here. So whoever wants to come up and play, play us out of here, that would be awesome. But I'm going to end it right here. Something for us to realize and to recognize. Our natural mind and body thinks it needs to be hungry first for us to eat and to satisfy our appetite. Right? Most of the time. Our, our body just kind of, man, no, I got to be hungry first for us to eat and to satisfy our appetite. So what happens is we adapt that idea to God's word. And we say, Lord, make me hungry for your word. Make me want to for your word. And then we wait. And we wait. And we wait. And we wait. Well, man, I guess God doesn't want me to because he's not giving me the hunger to. So, wow, this really, you know, what do you got to say to that, Pastor Scott? Mm. Right? But, but, but here's the thing. The kingdom works opposite. Okay? The more you eat God's word, the bigger the appetite you'll get. All of a sudden, your appetite for God's word will increase. And you're just like, Oh man, I need to eat today because I've all of a sudden developed this craving. But see, we can't sit back and go, well, God, make it happen. No, God says, you jump in, you start, man, I will begin to open your appetite and hunger for God, my word, like you have never seen before. Because the kingdom works opposite of, of what we know naturally. It's just the way it is. And so I encourage you, I encourage you, just start. Just start getting into God's Word. Just start spending some time with Him. And, and like I've said in the past, it doesn't have to be an hour. It could be 10 minutes of your time, but just start somewhere. And then watch what He does. Watch what He does. The Holy Spirit is active. It starts moving around. And then all of a sudden, you start seeing things that may have once held you down or once held, hold, had a hold of you begin to just drop off. And just fall to the ground and man you're walking on your path and your journey and man it's I'm not going to say it's going to be easy but see we got to get beyond inconvenient reading God's word is inconvenient spending time with God's word is inconvenient to us and where it's like no man this is my daily passion and my desire this is what is convenient to me God's word is convenient to me it's what I need it's what how I get direction it's how I get uh, transformation happening in my life it's how I, I actively walk this journey out so it's just so important and so I hope you I hope you understand that aspect of it to get an appetite for God's word you've got to be in God's word and the appetite will increase do me a favor and bow your head Holy Spirit I thank you for your presence here today. I thank you for speaking to each one of us individually. You know where each one of us is at. You know how to speak our language so that we can hear. And I thank you that you love us. I thank you, Lord, not only does God love us, not only does Jesus love us, but I thank you that the Holy Spirit loves us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you love us and that you speak to us clearly, loudly, to the point where we hear it so distinctly that we must make a decision to follow you and what you're saying or to not. But I pray upon each one of us that we would have boldness, that we would have courage, follow the leading and the direction of the Holy Spirit in our lives. 
woo us, continue to speak to us about God's word and about that time with you and that time with Jesus and that time with the Father. And Lord, as, as each one of us hopefully accepts the challenge of, of jumping into God's word, thank you for increasing our appetite, increasing our hunger and our desire for God's word as we do this. So this morning, Lord, we, we just thank you for your graciousness. We thank you that your mercies are new every morning. We thank you that goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our life and that you love us. You love us no matter where we're at with you right now. And so I, I speak blessings upon each and every one of us today. I thank you that your 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 just your love covers us like a blanket as we walk out of this building today and throughout this week. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.